Welcome back to the Biblical Principles Podcast. Thank you for joining us. If you have your Bible, you can turn to the book of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 18. The book of Hebrews chapter 6 and verse number 18. The Bible says that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie, we might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. I want to bring you a very simple thought today on the promises of God, the promises of God. And the first thing that I want you to notice when you read the Bible or when you hear of the promises of God, that it is impossible for God to lie. Right here in Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 18, it says this, it was impossible for God to lie. Now, why is it impossible for God to lie? Well, because one of God's attributes, one of his natural characteristics is holiness, which is the opposite of sinfulness. And a lie is a sin. And so we know that God cannot lie. So he cannot sin. So it's constantly abiding in God's character that he tells the truth. So as you read the word of God, as you study the word of God, as you claim the promises of God in the word of God, you need to understand that those promises are true. And the one who made the promises cannot do anything other than be true. Quickly, the book of Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23, the book of Hebrews chapter 10 in verse 23. Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. Who is the he here in Hebrews 10, 23? The he is God, and he's faithful that promised. So God's promises are made from a God who his immutable character consists of holiness, so he cannot lie, but then he's faithful. He's faithful to me. He's faithful to you. He's faithful to every man, woman, boy, or girl who's ever been born upon the earth. He's consistently the same God. And as you look at the promises of God, you have to realize that the promises of God are not made by me to you or you to me or a dad to a son or a mother to a daughter. But the promises of God are made from an eternal God to any man, woman, boy, or girl who dwells upon the face of the earth, who reads the Word of God. And the promises of God are faithful. If God says that He will save you, He will save you. If God says He will never leave you nor forsake you, He will never leave you nor forsake you. And as you read through the Word of God, you need to realize that from Genesis to the book of the Revelation, all of those promises are faithful. If he says that he's going to do something, he is going to do it. The book of 2 Peter, chapter 3, in verse number 9. 2 Peter, chapter 3, in verse number 9. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness, but he's long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentances. We need to realize when we deal with the promises of God that there's no slackness in these promises, that the promises of God are true, faithful, and consistent. But if you'll notice the verse, 
Let's look at the verse again. The Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness. So this is what happens as men, women, and boys and girls deal with each other. They say, well, you promised it, but it was late. Well, you said you'd do it, but you didn't do it. God is not like that. He's not like other men. He's not like something else that you would deal with. He's God. And a lot of times, a lot of times what happens in our lives as Christians, this is where it gets real this is where it gets real sticky sometimes for us. Because as Christians, we want to see, let's say for instance, we want to see our parents saved. But maybe our parents are not saved yet and we've prayed and we've claimed the promises of God. As Christians say we want to marry a godly girl if you're a boy, or you want to marry a godly boy if you're a girl. But we haven't met our spouse yet. So is the promises of God of none effect? No, the Lord's not slack concerning his promises. His promises to you are just as true as they were to any generation. The problem is sometimes when we deal with God, we deal with him as we would deal with another human being. And you can't do that. If you'll notice that the verse, it closes this way. It says, and not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Now, let's look at the verse where it promises that he would come back. Of course, he's going to come back. But at the same time, he loves sinful men, women, boys, and girls who are not saved. So his coming back might be delayed because he's not willing that any should perish. He wants them to hear the message one more time. He wants them to read the chapter one more time. He wants the Spirit of God to deal with their heart one more time. So his promises, there's no slackness with his promises. But at the same time, as sinful men, women, boys, and girls, we're not going to understand his mindset and the way that he does things sometimes. The book of James chapter 1 in verse number 12. The book of James chapter 1 in verse number 12. Blessed is the man that endureth temptation, for when he is tried, he shall receive the crown of life, which the Lord hath promised to them that love him. The rewards for Christian services are the promises of God fulfilled. So if you're laboring for the Lord in any capacity, whether you're a pastor, a lay preacher, a missionary on a foreign field, a college student in Bible college trying to learn the Word of God, don't think that God has forgotten about you. His promises to reward you are not here on this earth, though. Here on this earth, a lot of times we're promised trials and tribulations. The Bible says, yea, all they that live godly shall suffer persecution. The rewards for Christian service does not come until we step out on the sunny banks of deliverance. And so don't think just because some things might be happening to you or everything might not be going exactly the way that you've got it planned that the promises of God have failed you. No, God promises us rewards, but it's on the other side. The book of 1 John chapter 2 in verse 25. The book of 1 John chapter 2 in verse 25. And this is the promise that he hath promised us 
even eternal life. Do you realize that one of the promises of God that's taken for granted is the fact that God has promised you eternal life? If you're listening to this podcast and you're not saved, the first promise of God that you need to claim is eternal life. You need to accept as Lord, accept the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. You need to confess your sins, turn from your sins to God, ask Him to forgive you, and He always will. And then you'll have eternal life. So if you're listening and you're lost, the first promise of God that you need to claim is the promise of salvation, the promise of eternal life. And I'd ask you, as you're listening, to search your heart and make sure that you did that. Because what I find a lot of times in and amongst Christian people or supposed Christian people is that they missed the step of salvation and jumped right into the step of trying to serve the Lord, thinking that their good works are going to merit them favor with God, and it's not. And what you end up as is you end up as a religious proselyte who doesn't have the Holy Spirit of God living on the inside, who can't be led and guided by the Spirit of God. You're on your own because you didn't claim the promise of eternal life. Hebrews chapter 6 in verses 12 through 13. The book of Hebrews chapter 6 in verses 12 through 13. That ye be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swear by himself. Now this is another amazing thing about the promises of God, because God, when he makes a promise, we're not talking about him making you a promise like he made to Abraham. The promises of God that we have are a completed copy of the Word of God. So as you read the Bible, realize that God searched, figured, looked, and thought about what he could guarantee his promises by. And what he found out was the greatest guarantee of his promises was himself. When God promises you something, he guarantees it based on his own merit of who he is. That's the greatest thing that he figured he could base his promises on was himself. So it's not something that's based on a banknote. It's not something that's based on a signature. It's not something that's based on a guarantee. But the promises of God are based on the fact that He is who He said He was. So you can claim them, you can keep them, you can accept them, and you can live by them because they're guaranteed by the greatest God. The book of Romans chapter 4 in verse 21. Romans chapter 4 in verse 21. And being fully persuaded that what He had promised he was able also to perform. The promises of God are able to be performed by him because he's God. Now, as we look through the Bible, there are so many times, um, so many times that God promised and it came to pass. When you think about about Moses crossing the Red Sea, when you think about Elijah 
calling down fire from heaven. When you think about Peter walking on the water, those promises were made by God and were performed by God, and they were supernatural, not only in the verbalization of the promises, but they were supernatural in the act of the promises. What God did broke the very laws of nature. But do you know what? Because he said he would do it, he was able to perform it. Just like in my life and in your life, he's able to perform what he said he would do. Let's go to the book of Numbers, chapter 23, and verse number 19. The book of Numbers, chapter 23, in verse number 19. We'll go over to the Old Testament for a few references. I know a lot of people, for some reason in the day and age we live in, a lot of people believe in this New Testament Christianity versus the Old Testament Christianity. The problem is, it's all the same God in the New Testament and the Old Testament. He did, He never changed. That's what he said in Malachi 3.6, For I am the Lord, I change not. But the book of Numbers, chapter 23, and verse number 19. God is not a man that he should lie, neither the son of man that he should repent. Hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall not he make it good? Here God poses the question to mankind. He said, I said it, and I'll do it. I spoke it, and I'll make it good. Because why? Because it's his promises. It's the promises of God, and you can guarantee them. My dad used to have a, a say, and he, he was an older generation. He said this. He said, you can take that to the bank. And that meant very simply, you can guarantee that it's going to work, just like the promises of God. I can guarantee you they are going to work. First Kings chapter 8 and verse 56. The book of First Kings chapter 8 and verse 56. Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel. According to all that he promised, there hath not failed one word of all his good promises, which he promised by the hand of Moses, his servant. The promises of God, not one word of them have failed. It's not the phrase, but God said, not even one word that I said is going to fail. So take your Bible, open it up, and read it. And everywhere God said that he would do something, he did it to the letter, to the word. He performed it all. Why? Because he's God. And his promises are true, faithful, and just. The book of Psalms, chapter 89, in verse 34 the book of Psalms, chapter 89, in verse 34. My covenant will I not break, nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. See, God's promises don't change. God's promise, it's not that he said, hey, I will do this, and now he only does part of it, and he doesn't do the other part. No, every word that goes out of his mouth, he performs because he's God. It's very simple when you deal with God. He's not going to break or alter the things that he says. So if he promises you eternal life, he's going to give you eternal life. If he promises you a home in heaven, you're going to get a home in heaven. If he 
promises you a reward, you'll receive a reward because he's God and his promises are faithful, just, and true. But do you know what I find with the promises of God a lot of times is we read them, we understand them, but we don't claim them because really somewhere in the hardness of our own heart, we don't even believe the promises of God. So instead of just looking at the Bible as another book on the shelf, when you pick it up and you read it, it's God's love letter to you. And every word in it are his promises to you so that you can find comfort, guidance, hope, and assurance in a wicked and sinful world because of the promises of God. 